Hi, welcome back to the Life and Rhythm podcast. Again, we're continuing our series on gospel clarity. Today, I've got a good friend, Don Follis. He's from Illinois. He just moved out here to Phoenix, Arizona. He did campus ministry for about 20 years with the University of Illinois. He also helped start uh, and found, he founded and he directed Pastor to Pastor Ministries. And I'm just super excited for him to talk with us today. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God with one another for the good of others in the valley as it is in heaven. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Matt. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Yeah. You look good today. Thank you very much. Yeah, you look good. Fun yeah. fact about Don Follis. Can I say some fun facts? Go have at it. All right. Uh, this is interesting. You've written over 800 religious articles for a newspaper in Champaign or Urbana, Illinois, right? Yeah, religion columns. Religious They're columns. Columns. I'm the Sunday, I have been for many years the Sunday religion columnist. Yeah. So I... Uh, I've read a yeah. few of them. So, yeah. Not I've all 800, but I've read a few. Yeah. Well, I've written all 800 of them, I, I think. I think. <laughs> They're witty. I well, like it. Well, so I found that to be impressive. Uh, yeah. More impressive, though, an important fact, that you got your wife, Jennifer, to marry you somehow. That's right. Yeah, and That's you've been right. married for how long? 43 years. Yeah. yeah. You've got how many kiddos? Yeah, I have one daughter. One daughter, Maddie. Yep. And she just moved out here. She lives, she lives in Goward. Yeah, so how new are you to the Arizona area? Well, I've been out here many times because Jennifer grew up in Mesa. She went to Mesa High School. Yeah, she went to Mesa High. She's a Mesa High Jackrabbit. And <laughs> I did a sabbatical out here in 17, and yeah. I spent six weeks here this winter. Yeah. So, you know, I've been out here probably 15 times or so. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm new to the Valley as of three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you to be here. Thank you. Legitimately, uh, when I was doing ministry in Illinois, Don and I used to meet at a little mom-and-pop restaurant in between Champaign and Bloomington. That's right. And I just want to say you're deep encouragement. Well, thank you. To my soul as a leader. Thank you. And uh, you remind me often that I'm not first and foremost a pastor. Like, I want to live into my identity as a beloved son. Yeah. Of the kingdom and Good. his unshakable kingdom. And you're one of those voices that reminds me of that just oh. by who you are. Oh, thank you. So thank you. That's encouraging to me. Yeah. So tell yeah. us just a little bit about you. What do we need to know about Don? Uh, I spent uh, my growing up years in Kansas, out in the middle of nowhere. My dad was uh, worked for a big public utility company out in yeah. northwest Kansas, northeast Colorado, and he got stationed out there. Cool. So I grew up there and uh, uh, went off to Kansas State University, and that's where I found Jesus. Okay. In and uh, yeah. Through a ministry? Uh, really through my sister. Okay. I mean, I'd grown up in a Christian family, but I'd never really known. You know, who is, who is this person, Jesus, that I'm going to be giving my life to? And so, um, yeah, that, that's yeah. where I, I came to know Christ. And, cool. and I transferred to a small Christian college in Kansas, mostly because my sister says you should, you should read the Bible. And this is a good place to, to read it. What was it? What was it called? Manhattan Christian College. Manhattan Christian a little, College. A little school there in Manhattan, Kansas. And I, cool. I got a Bible degree, and that's where I met Jennifer. Jennifer grew up here in the valley. But... Some friends of hers went there for one year to study the Bible. Hmm. And then she had a scholarship at the University of Arizona to study journalism. Oh, wow. And 
she, she, they put it on hold for a year, and she met me, and we two young kids decided to get married yeah. and move to Illinois, which, yeah. which we did, because I had a chance to do campus ministry. Yeah. Well, we got there on a day that was about 100 degrees with 110% humidity. <laughs> And, and if you ever lived out there and you have, you know, know. You, you have a few of those days in the summer, you're like, get me out of here. That's right. And we got out of our, uh, our car and she said, I can't breathe. Wow. And I said, me neither. <laughs> so she said, we're going to live here. And I said, yeah, yeah we'll, live, we'll live here for a couple of years. Then we'll go back to the Valley or, or oh, graduate wow. school. We'll move on. He said 43 years later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 43 years. So we lived there, yeah. So I did campus ministry a long time, 20 years. Yeah. Then I worked for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which right. is a big national ministry. I, I ran the logistics, local logistics, on two of their big triennial missions conferences oh, called yeah. Urbana. Yeah, I that did, was huge. That, it's a huge, 20,000 people come for a week. Yeah. And so my team and I did that from 2000 to 2003. Sweet. Then for seven years, I did pastoral care at a big vineyard church. And then my life got totally turned upside down yeah. because uh, we lost our son. You ask how many kids I have. I have a, a son in, that's with the Lord, yeah. uh, and my daughter's here in the valley. And so that, that was the most singular event in my life. Yeah. And I ended up leaving the staff at Vineyard and just really not knowing what I was going to do. Yeah. And in 10, some friends of mine said, you know, you're really good with pastors. Pastors need what you can bring to the, to the table. Wow. So we started this nonprofit called Pastor to Pastor Initiatives, mm. which I direct. I still direct it. And it's registered in, in Illinois. I have a board of directors in Illinois. Yeah. But I'm out here. And yeah. they, you know, their parting advice to me a, a month ago was two words. Have fun. <laughs> so, uh, I love that. Any, anyway, so that's what I've done for 11 years. And it's been, it's been you know, three steps forward, yeah. four steps back. And we've yeah. bumped along, but we found our rhythm. And uh, mostly now I uh, pour my life into pastors and befriend them, coach them, mentor them, yeah. counsel them. I kind of mix my own spit with all those, yeah. you know, spiritual formation. And yeah. So... Um, Jennifer was a journalism professor yeah. at, at the University of That's Illinois cool. for a long time. So, uh, That's anyway, man. That, brought, that, that, that helps us here. to get to know yeah. Yeah. who you are, where you're coming yeah. from. So, going back to the whole theme of this whole series of gospel clarity, trying to create clarity around what really is the gospel, what's the good news. So, for you, having come to an understanding of who Jesus is and surrendering your life to Him in college going through life, marrying Jennifer, having two kids, losing a son, yeah. helping other pastors along their journey of suffering and ministry. How has your clarity of the gospel either been you know, shaped over the years or how has it been clarified? In what seasons was it a little hazy of like, what really is the good news? Can you kind of walk us through that journey of your understanding of the good news? Yeah, I can. I can. That's, a, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, good, the good news is that um, Jesus can change your life. Wow. And he wants to change your life. He wants to pursue you. He wants to save you. And he wants to be your Lord. Yeah. And if you accept him, mm -hmm. he'll be with you to the end. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's the good news. Yeah. And I think for me... I didn't really understand the magnitude of that, mm -hmm. and you know, until I really started going through life. Yeah. And uh, I mean, 
So I grew up in a, in a, in a good, hardworking home, but a really hardworking home. And my, my parents expected you to work. Yeah. And you kind of worked for your salvation too. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 better, you better accept Christ and you better toe the line. Wow. Because the Father up above, you know, there's an old children's song, the Father up above, he is looking down with love. So be careful little eyes what you do. Be careful little ears what you do. Well, the, the, you know, the song I heard is the Father up above, he's looking down at you and he's madder in hell. <laughs> yeah, he's so and good. you better toe the line. You better. So I did. Yeah. I thought, well, okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's not very compelling in the end because so many kids I grew up with and so many people I was in ministry with, you know, when the going got tough, they just moved on. They said, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And I think, I, think the, I think Jesus really can change your life. I believe that. Yeah. The, and, and that's the good news of the gospel. Yeah. The challenge for people, all, all humankind, and because I work with pastors, with pastors in particular, is that they say, it takes a doggone long. Yeah. You know, why does transformation? It, yeah, it just this so transformation long. thing. I thought, you, you know, I thought, I thought by now I'd be a better man than I am. Yeah. I'm still just a dirty desert rat, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that's the hard part. But yeah. Jesus says, I mean, the gospel is in Matthew. He he's baptized and he says, uh, repent for yeah. the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah, and I think the good news, at which I buy into, is that. Things must change. My father is ready to rule. Yeah. And so, come on. My life as a pastor and my life as a Jesus follower is one saying, okay, I'm yours today. I got to decide that every day. Yeah. Sometimes you got to decide every hour. Yeah, come on. Uh, you know, some guy cuts me off here at the stoplight, <laughs> and, and you know, do, I, do I pray for him and say, there's a fellow image bearer, or do I flip him off? <laughs> I got to decide. Yeah. And, uh, and why do I have to decide? Yeah. Well, God gives me choice, and, and, and in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah. But be of good cheer, Jesus says. Yeah. The hard part is always being of good cheer. Yeah. And so, I mean, even this morning, I got up, and I went through the rhythms that I go through every day. Mm-hmm. I prayed the Apostles' Creed. I repented of my sins. Yeah. I said the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And that... Just over the years, I've, I've found rhythms, yeah. gospel rhythms, mm-hmm. that have served me well. It doesn't mean I haven't had lots of struggles. Yeah. And I think we got to say to people, yeah, this, this world, in fact, is not your home. Yeah. It's not your home. Yeah. Uh, your citizenship, Paul says, is in heaven. Come on. And we eagerly await that. Yes. Well, I, I don't know if we eagerly await it. I think he did. Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, as at, the, at the end of his life, as he was writing these prison letters, mm-hmm. he'd already been he'd already been beat up and left for dead. Yeah, he he'd been imprisoned, he'd been shipwrecked, he'd been bitten by a poisonous snake that people yeah. thought he would die in just a few minutes. Yeah. So I think he was eagerly awaiting. Yeah. But yeah, so that I think uh, those who endure to the end will be saved. Yeah. And that's why I think we as his image bearers, we need community, we need each other. Yeah. And I just think it's, I think it's a false idea to say, you know, I, yeah. I just do this thing by myself. 
Yeah. Gosh, good luck with that. I just, I, I can't. I don't know anybody that can. Yeah. It's very tempting to do it, though, by yourself sometimes because you jump in the community, you jump in with other pastors, and you say, man, I'm in with you, and I'll meet you for lunch tomorrow, and guess what happens? They don't, they don't show. show. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, dude, you, you said we're in community together. Oh, I know, but, you know, uh, my my my... Yeah. My wife, oh, the car broke, my, my kids got, you know, an ear infection. All that's true. <laughs> All that's true. So yeah. it's, it's choosing, do I want to be part of this? Yeah. And uh, I think when we choose it, we choose a father who loves us. Yeah. And, and, and the, the gospel is that the good news of the gospel that really has taken me along the journey is, I think, this, is Jesus saying, you know what? You're my boy, mm. and I love you. And, I mean, it's like when Jesus was baptized. Yeah. He comes up out of the water, and there's this booming voice, yep. and it's God's voice. He said, this is my son. This is my beloved son. Yeah. I mean, my translation is, that's my boy. That's my boy. And I, I love him so much. Yeah. F follow him. Yeah. And so I think when I was just thinking about this this morning as I was driving over here, Jesus went out early in the morning. I went out at 4.40 this morning. So, yeah, I was a real good boy. I got real out, good boy. I got out the same time Jesus got out this morning. <laughs> I don't know what time he went out, but early in the morning, yeah. and he would pray. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to a pastor about that passage. Yeah. He said, man, this seemed to be his, the rhythm of his life, yeah. that he'd get up early. And, and, he, and, and I said, yeah, it's, it seems like it. And so this guy said, you know when he went out early in the morning, what do you, th what, what do you think he got? Hmm. What did he get? Yeah. And I, I just thought about that. And I thought, he got what he got at his baptism. Wow. I think when he went out early in the morning, there, there was some fashion. I, I don't know if he, if he knew the Hebrew scriptures. You know, he, he grew up in a, in a Jewish home. He, he had scriptures that he probably loved. But I think he was waiting to hear his father say, Good morning. You're my boy. Yeah. I love you. I, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And when I'm on, I get exactly the same thing. Wow. I, it's not any different. You don't hear anything different from what Jesus heard. You're not Jesus. <laughs> he, I mean, you know, in the beginning was the word. That's, he, he, is, he is part of the Godhead. Yeah. We are mortals. Yeah. We, we bear his image. We're image bearers. And all the mystery that that entails. Just as I filled my car up today and there are a couple guys... You know, guys who don't seem to have an address kind of sleep in there at the gas station next to the pumps. Yeah. And I and one guy I talked to, and he said, "Bless you, brother. God bless you." Yeah. And I thought, man, I got, we're both image bearers. We're, yeah. We 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 are. Jesus is not that. He's other. Yeah. He he is. He's fully human. He's fully God. Right. But I think the gospel becomes holistic yeah. when we hear God say to us and to to our wives, to our daughters, you're, you're my girl. Yeah. Oh, you're my daughter. I, I did really good with you. Yeah. And, you know, so many women never heard that from their dads. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talked to a pastor and his wife the other day, and I was talking about this, and this pastor's wife was the daughter of a pastor, is the daughter of a pastor, and she said, I'm going to tell you something. Mm. She said, I have never heard my dad say to me, I love you. Wow. And I said, yeah, I'm really sorry. It shouldn't have been that way because your dad, some way, has to be a father figure for you. 
and I said, could I, pra could I, could, could I role play with you? Could I just yeah. be your father for a second? Yeah. She said, yeah, what do, what do you want to say? I said, I want to say, you're my daughter. Boy, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And she sat there and she starts to weep. Yeah. I thought, holy cow. Yeah. I said, I don't mean to make you weep, but I think the gospel is that what Jesus heard his baptism. Yeah. You're my boy. Bro, I was just talking to um, my professor right now. I'm in the Missional Training Center with Michael Goheen. And he was talking about his daily rhythms, his prayer rhythms. And one of the things that he said, what, what I thought was brilliant, he said, every day I reappropriate and I remember my baptism. So in his daily prayer time, which I thought was beautiful. I never thought yeah, about that. Yeah. I, mean, I think about my baptism often, but not every day. I don't... I don't reassociate my identity in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus every day. I'll say over myself what you, what you said. Man, I'm a beloved child, and God delights in me. But I loved, I had never heard that turn before. You know what I'm saying? Of him saying, like, no. I, I want to embrace the good news for myself every day. The good news is that my old self has died with Christ and a new self has come about, like 2 Corinthians 5 says, like a new creation has happened in me. And although I'm not fully what I will be in the new heavens and new earth, there is a deposit in me now, as the Apostle Paul says. There is an inheritance now in me that wasn't there before, before I surrendered to Christ. So that's, I mean, it's just really encouraging to me that a guy who's been walking with Jesus for decades now, still every day is saying one of the gospel rhythms that you root yourself in every day, and you do it by getting up early, is to remind yourself, this is who I am. I'm God's son. So what, what would you say to younger leaders, people who are growing up now in, and want to root themselves more deeply in the gospel? What rhythms would you invite? Not put on them in a heavy way of like, hey, go do X, Y, and Z. But what would you recommend? Where would somebody start if they're like, man, I don't, I don't ever think about the gospel. Like, that's not a daily part of my life. How, how would you speak to somebody who's like, I want to embrace that part of who I am. I want to live into a gospel identity. How would, how would you encourage them? That's a good question. I'd encourage them to uh, find somebody they admire who practices the things that, that they might want to practice. And that would include, for me, being in, being in the scripture. Yeah. Uh, that would be waiting, waiting on God as you read the scripture. You know, kind of um, pondering the scripture, praying, then finding certain prayers yeah. that really speak to you. I, that first step, though, of finding somebody... I don't know if that's often our first response. I think our first response is to go on Amazon and buy a book. Or, yeah. oh, I heard, I heard on this podcast one time that a cool guy named Don gets up at 440, so I'm going to set my alarm at 440. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I love the wisdom of what you just said. And I hope whoever's listening to this, I hope you're actually listening. Of, I think that is a beautiful next step right. to yeah. embrace the gospel for yourself of find somebody else in the flesh who you admire, who you look up to, is a little bit maybe further down in this rhythm journey than you are. Yeah, and, and just do that. And just I don't think there. I mean, I I think there's a little magic to the morning because it's it's new it's new part of the day. But I'm I'm fortunately I'm really a morning person, and, and apparently I've been since I was like two days old. 
you know, my mother said, you know, you, you just, you, you got up yeah. before the crack of dawn always. Yeah. But I don't, but I've got a, a, a friend who is really a night person and he meets God at midnight. And uh, yeah, um, all I can say at midnight is I'll have a quiet time, real quiet. <laughs> That's about all I got for you at midnight. But I don't, I think you've got to have some time in your day. It makes yeah. sense to me to start the day. Yeah. And um, for me, welcoming God into, in, into uh, my life. Yeah. This morning at 4.40 when I left my house, yeah. I made the sign of the cross. Yeah. That's how I started. That's cool. Not, not that you have to make the sign of the cross, but Paul said, I glory in one thing more than anything else. Yeah. I glory in the cross. Wow. And I made the sign of the cross. And I said, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I said what I say every morning. Yeah. Without your cross, I, I have no hope. Wow. So whatever I think I am, I'm just a mortal. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of my rhythms. You don't have to do it that way. I welcome God. Then I, uh, I say, gracious God, I confess that I've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Yeah. By what I've done, by what I've left undone. I haven't yeah. loved you with my whole heart. Yeah. You know, I haven't loved my neighbors myself. And then I, I add, I haven't truly loved myself. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah. I humbly repent. Now, some of I mean, what you're I, I, saying... Those are my rhythm. Yeah. It's my rhythm every day. And some of what you're saying, though, aren't original prayers. Not at all. These no, are no, prayers no. that the no. church has prayed mm. for thousands of years. And I think there are some of us as Americans, especially, who think there's an insincerity. Like, I'm being disingenuous if I, have, if I pray other people's prayers. It almost feels to us mechanical, <clears throat> borrowed, secondhand, like we're going to Goodwill to pray. But I, I'm the same way of... Yeah. I use that as a lattice for me, a sure. structure sure. to sure. authentically approach God because often I don't have the language, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, when I had my vows to my wife, when I spoke marriage vows, I didn't make those up on the spot, and they weren't disingenuous. I wrote them out. I took the time to write my commitments out. And so you uh, talk more about that. And the Apostles' Creed, too. I think that's beautiful. Right. I, yeah. and, and so I think every... We're mortals. Yeah. In Psalm 90, the prayer of Moses, he yeah. said, God, I have, I have 70 years, maybe 80 if I'm lucky. Yeah. But they're all full of sorrow and struggle. Yeah. It's tough. Help me to number my days aright that I might be wise. Yeah. And I, I think, sure, the church is broken. The church is broken. Yeah. And every, every, every element is broken. And everybody can say, oh, yeah, I grew up this. I grew up that. You know, like my longtime neighbor. You know, he says, I belong to the largest church in the world, former Catholic. <laughs> I say, okay, well. And he said, I grew up. I had to go to Catholic schools. I, had, I, w I went to Mass five yeah. days a week. He said, I'm done with that. Yeah. I am done. I don't make the sign of the cross. I do nothing. And I say, well, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, and and, and, and my, I, I grew up in a low church, not high church. It was fine, but it was like you better toe the line, like I said earlier. And so I think all followers of Christ, all mortals, yeah. have to find these rhythms, and you have to ask the Holy Spirit to renew them. Yeah. You have to say... Change my heart, God. Yeah. Change my heart. Because if you don't, I, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And, and by faith, I believe he will. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like the prayer of uh, David in Psalm 119, the longest psalm out there, where he, in Psalm 119, verse 36, he, he prays, incline my heart to you. But I hear that, and, and my prayer, in my own words, is, God, I want to want you, but I don't right now. And so incline me, bend me, because only you can change me. So bend my desires towards your desires and help me to want what you want. And, and, and so one of my rhythms for a long time has been <clears throat> opening the Psalms every morning and praying through them as if they're my prayers. I like that. They're mine. Yeah, I like that. To the Lord. They're not just Moses's. And I'm hearing you say the same thing. Sure. You know, Moses says in Psalm 90, teach us to realize that the brevity of life so that we can grow in wisdom. Right. And I, 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 that's a good prayer for us to enter into for ourselves of, I may have 70 years. I'm, I'm 36. I may have 37 years. Yeah. Teach me the brevity of life that's so right. that I can walk in wisdom. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, uh, I think there are seasons where, you know, there, there are adversities in life. The things that are wonderful, they aren't adversities, but they challenge you, like having little kids. Yeah. You know? I, I, I talked to a, a, a woman, of my neighbor, before I moved out here. She got five kids, uh, eight and under. And she said, how am I supposed to get up in the morning and with, with poopy diapers and five kids and, uh, and, and do all that? Yeah. And they don't sleep at night. Yeah, yeah I mean, there are, there are seasons of life. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, she says, I've kind of carved out something I do at about one in the afternoon. I said, then do that. <laughs> Perfect. Then, then, do, then do that because yeah. I don't think you have to do it my way. And I, I think that for me, I need those sort of, those sort of, you know, stakes in the ground. Yeah. Right. I mean, this morning I'm walking along uh, Guadalupe over yeah. there in Tempe, and I prayed Psalm 23. Come on. Have I done it before? Hundreds of times. Yeah. I said, Lord, this morning you are my shepherd. Yeah. I have all kinds of wants. But you tell me I, I, I won't want. Yeah. I said, man, I want you this morning. Yeah. And I said, man, I must, be a lot of, I must be a lot of trouble to you. And I felt like he said, no, you're not trouble. You're my boy. Yeah. Let's, let's have that again. What are we going to do? And I just felt like he said, what are we going to do today? Yeah. So it, it's, it's that kind of gospel rhythm for me that I, I would hope for people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how life will go for you. Uh, I wouldn't wish upon anybody that that they have to join the club that I'm part of, of losing a child. Right. I mean, I, that's, that's not the way I'm supposed to go. But it, it did go that way for me. Yeah. And um, so in this world, you will have troubles. But be of good cheer. Hang in there. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is, uh, he is risen from the dead. Yeah. You know, and I prayed the Apostles' Creed today. He rose from the dead. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. Come on. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church. I pray it like the Luthers. The Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Yes. I prayed that this morning, Apostles' Creed. I've done it probably thousands of times. But I need to remind myself, that's right, I know the truth. Yeah. Things have to change. You're ruling. Yeah. Right? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I prayed often pray Philippians 2, that, that little song or whatever it is yeah. where Paul says, and he, he raised from the dead, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and everyone will say, Jesus is Lord. 
Come on. to the glory of God the Father. And I say, I say that again today, you are the Lord. Yes. And uh, change my heart. Yeah. So it's that over and over of, of choosing it together. And I think if we do, we have to do it in community because yeah. it's too hard. It's too hard. You, you can't do it by yourself. No. It, I, just, I, just don't, I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah. All right, last question, Don. You ready? Yeah. This is going to be a little bit of a surprise, so I apologize. But there are people I know, I talk to them, that listen to our podcast, and they're still skeptical about the good news. And a lot of them are skeptical because of either their church experience, what you talked about, or their life experience, where they have suffered a lot. And so would you mind speaking directly and gently to those people of just, here's why I think you should reconsider the good news. Yeah, I mean, life is tough. Life is tough and life is short and life can be very brutal. Yeah. And life is very unfair. <laughs> As I used to say to my kids, rule number one, life is not fair. <laughs> and, uh, and life is full of mystery. Yeah. Life is so mysterious. I mean, they're, they're just, and you know, when you, you start thinking about your life and you think of the countless ancestors that have come and gone that you don't know anything about. You don't know that your history and, uh, and people that choose journeys of faith that are, that are far from being Christ followers. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I pray for you and I, and I hope you would pray for me. And I, I personally believe Jesus is the one that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I don't think I do it perfectly and I don't think... Uh, uh, I hope I endure to the end because uh, without him, I don't want to consider it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds really hard. I, I wish you well. I mean that genuinely. Yeah. I mean it genuinely. Yeah. Well, thanks for being the real deal, Don. I love you. I love you too. Yeah. And thanks Thank for you. being on today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.